Hey guys, this is John, and I have a special co-host today. Hello, people. <laughs> hey, my wife Laura is joining us today, co-hosting the show. This is our first solo co-host, if you will. How can it be a solo co-host? But we are one flesh. Okay, that's just <laughs> weird. What a what a strange. Would you like to tell everybody what you were doing right before we started? I was listening to myself breathe because I don't often have headphones on unless I'm listening to a podcast or recording this one. And you can hear everything when you have headphones yeah, on. But you did that funny thing. It sounds it sounds like what our dog does. <laughs> Like well, I just, I couldn't stand, like, I couldn't stand hearing myself breathe, and it sounded funny, and my allergies are jacked up. And oh, so you just came from an estate sale. Well, I, we went earlier on the way back from lunch, but hmm. they had a lot of cats, which I'm highly allergic to. Yeah, if Laura goes into homes where there are cats, uh, then by the end of the night, she's popping Benadryl like they're candy. I counted about six um litter boxes just oh, in the dear. rooms that I saw. So. Litter boxes are so weird. It's to me. gross. You know, just I mean Shoo. the I don't know. We are not cat people. Sorry y'all. No, we're not. It's so funny that uh Avid Endorsement book I have coming out, I write a lot about Was that a shameless the, plug? No, it wasn't, but the Avid Endorsement would never have a cat, you know, and <laughs> my editor loves cats and so I had this really awkward interview. actually it was funny, but yeah, I just unashamedly say, not into cats. I'm not. You know, we, we've been watching... Kittens are cute. Kittens are yes, cute. Kittens and they're are great. But I'm allergic to cats. Yeah. Remember, so Sadie loves uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh, yeah. Which is just America's Funniest Videos that take out the H now. Just AFV to make everything shorter. So she'll watch it, and they have this whole, we're going to the dog park. And you go to the dog park, and it's like this really cool thing, and all the dogs are doing cute things. And then they'll have this section. They don't even have their own little brand for it. They don't they don't call it the cat section or whatever. But I'm astounded how much of it is just the stinking cat attacking a baby or, or the owner in the face. Yeah. Or a dog or a cucumber. The whole cat and cucumber <laughs> thing is weird to me. I don't guess they attack the cucumber. They run from it, but... Why are cats scared of cucumbers? Like, what's the what makes it different than a zucchini? Exactly. I don't know. Right. Well, that, but just that whole idea—they're just sitting there rocking, and all of a sudden, the cat just takes its claws and straight into the face, and then the crowd—and I'm sure it's canned laughter. But I'm like, my gosh, guys, this is horrible. Like, yeah. It just—it just attacked. So, but anywho. Sorry about the ding there. Um, John's very important. Guys, I'm a pretty huge deal. I'm not going to lie. So I get uh, I get uh, dozens of texts every week. So, but anyway. Who's texting you? I'm right here. <laughs> I know. I, I don't need to talk to anyone else but you. So why don't you tell everybody. So we heard a little bit from Sadie. We need to, we're going to have some corrections a little bit later maybe in the show. But one thing you pointed out. Uh, that I made a mistake on last week. Go ahead and tell everybody. Oh, it cracked me up. So in the middle of the show, uh, Sadie decides to, I guess, not be quiet in the room anymore last week with John and Johnny. And so John goes through this whole thing saying, well, I'll just edit this out and then proceeds <laughs> to tell Sadie to like go to the other room and she can take this and not take that and all this different stuff. And he totally forgot that it was in there. And so oh. it's just in there for all the world to see. It's Let me ask you funny. this. Was I speaking kindly to her? Oh, yeah. No, okay. I mean, it wasn't like a, Cause, you know, a, I didn't know a bad it was in parenting there. moment okay. or anything. Because I have those. I just would hate well, to think they were captured. Yeah, no. <laughs> we prefer I... to have those in private. <laughs> we do those things in private. Uh, 
well, and then we just got back from Orlando. We did. You had a work trip. I did. Because one of us has to have a real job. That is right. And that one of us is me. <laughs> Johnny, if Johnny were here, he would say that, that you don't really wear the pants in the family. They're, they're more like, he would say culottes, which are not a thing anymore, but we're more like capris or whatever. I, but, yeah, uh, I just actually wear pants. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what culottes, what are culottes? Cool, so culottes are long shorts. Some people call them like Bermuda shorts now would be the, I guess, term. But if you remember when we were literal, little, litter. And literal. <laughs> we called them jams. Oh, yeah, Remember? Jams. So jams okay. are culottes. I like jams. But I thought jams had to have like, they almost looked like swimming trunks that were shorts. They had all the patterns well, on them. Well, yeah. I mean, and culottes is just the length of the short, basically. When I think of culottes, though, I think of very southern gingham, maybe with a monogram top to match and culottes. Nice. Well, I think about girl. the skids shirt to go with your culottes. Did you wear skids? Uh, yeah, with the skids um, overalls with, with one, one strap down because that made them so much cooler. So one, there was a girl that lived like on the street over from me that I liked that I went to school with. And so I was riding my bike with my skids shirt and my skids overalls over to see her. And the one overall strap got caught in the chain. Did you go head first <laughs> over the handlebars? No, it just like, like slowed me down real quick. It almost like pulled me into the wheel, you know. That's bad. I don't think she was out there to see it, but that was not my finest not moment. Your it didn't fi- work out. Okay, not your finest moment, first of all, because you were wearing those skids overalls. <laughs> Dude, I was going to impress her I so I mean, much. we all wore them, but oh. That and Sebago's with the curly laces. So our yeah. friends, Matt and Linnea, who Sadie refers to as Matt and A, um, <laughs> they, we were talking about this the other night when we went to get shaved ice, talking about like the skids and um, body glove, like ankle bracelets yes. and things like we were surfing in, right. I don't know, landlocked Tennessee. Yeah. I don't know why we wore that stuff. And then uh, the hypercolor shirts, the yes. color change shirts and everything. Sadie got color changing scissors this year wow. as her school supplies. And I know that because I actually took her shopping for school supplies. You I don't know that because you don't ever participate in school supplies. I feel very condemned. You should. Right now. Do you know how much I've done this week? I've washed uniforms. I've sorted uniforms. Now, riddle me this. Have I not acknowledged any of it? Well, no. Did I not help put things away when I got home, fold and put away clothes? You did. Did I not say, is there anything you need me to go do? (laughs) Yeah, but seriously. (laughs) Exactly. What did you say? (laughs) I don't know. You said no. Like, you almost laugh as if I couldn't buy a pair of scissors. Did it really matter that they were heat changing? What are they again? Color changing. Color changing. Because of the heat. But what does that even do for you? You know how long you have to hold those pair of scissors in order for the heat to change the color? It makes her... The cool kid in fourth grade it's is gonna what it does. It's going to make her get distracted and her grades are going to go down because she's well, staring at her color-changing scissors. Yeah, but if you had gone shopping, she'd have a red notebook, a black notebook, a, you know, and this is solid-colored pens, not cute-colored pens. Her composition notebooks would be the plain ones that look like a cow. You know, they wouldn't <laughs> be any of the fun ones. <laughs> I don't see a problem with any of this. This reminds me, by the way, of when you decided uh, to dress Sadie for her very first volleyball tryouts. (laughs) Volleyball Barbie. We were doing volleyball for the first time, and we were terrified. And I didn't have a clue what the other people would be dressed like. Right. No clue. We just found out some information. It was this league, and Sadie was, what, seven? 
I don't, yeah. Yeah. And, or no, she might have been eight. Well, no, she turned, I don't know. I remember it was a Sunday afternoon at two o'clock. We'd yeah, gone to church. We went to eat something and we, I mean, Sadie was fine. Me and you were absolutely horrified. Well, little setup here. So anybody's kids who've played like rec league ball and that kind of stuff, you go, you sit, you watch them practice, play the whole nine yards. So in this particular area, club volleyball is the only way to play. You don't get to play like YMCA volleyball or, um, you know, Mount Juliet Rec League volleyball, anything like that. And so it's club ball, it's tryouts, the practices are closed. So there was no comfort level. It's just like, okay, here's my eight-year-old who's never really touched a ball before. Have fun. It was terrifying. It was. You walk in, and since it's closed, again, we can't say, oh. And I remember, like, the other kids are hitting balls. I was like, oh, man, are they even going to invite her in? But that's really not the point. We walk, we (laughs) – Laura buys. No, okay. So let me just set this up, though. The deal is, I can't find volleyball knee pads anywhere in town. I couldn't find them, not to fit her skinny little toothpick legs. So the only I knew she had to have knee pads. That was kind of like the one thing I did know. So the only ones that I could find in the children's smalls were on Amazon. Well, they were neon green, like they didn't have the solid black or the solid white. These were the only ones available. And so then, of course, I tried to coordinate her outfit around her knee pads, which was probably not a good move. (laughs) She was neon. I mean, bright. We walk in. Every other kid is literally in a white or black T-shirt, black knee pads. Again, black couldn't shorts. find the black ones. She has them now. I mean, you, she really was volleyball Barbie. Like you said, walking in there, just, I mean, innocent. She's already younger than everybody else. By not just one year, right. but by about three. Yeah, it was a 12 and under, and she was going in as eight. And so there were 12-year-olds in there. And I was, I mean, I literally felt like, I mean, it's one of those weird moments where you're you're kind of embarrassed for your kid, you know, like even though nothing's embarrassed for me even, because I did it to her. You <laughs> know, nothing's happened and she doesn't know to be embarrassed, which is great. You know, but I'm like, oh man. You know, but they were great and she ended up uh, making the practice squad that year. Yep. And uh and had a great year. And then the next year she wore black knee pads to uh, Well, tryouts. yeah, because then we got into you know, she made it into the club. She played spring ball that year, actually. Yeah. She made practice ball for winter squad, made the spring team, so we got a uniform and so we were able to buy knee pads as part of the the uniforming for a club. But to your previous point, if we'd have left all of this to my devices, she would have definitely gone in with very basic and certainly black. So it you would've... couldn't get black knee pads. That's the whole point of this story. So no, if it had been up to you, she just wouldn't have had knee pads at all. And you could have taken like some gauze and some duct tape. Yeah, that's, what, that's exactly what you would have done. You would have taken your crew socks, balled them up, and like duct taped them to her legs. Because that would have been better than the neon. Oh, Sadie's so lucky to have me. Um, well... We had a great time in Orlando. I'd like to thank you publicly to all of the millions of <laughs> listeners for taking Sadie and I along as you worked diligently and she and I traipsed through many uh, different parks in 104-degree heat. So we uh, we actually missed you. We wanted you to be there. Well, and I missed you guys too. But it was nice to have a work thing in a place where you guys could come along because normally I'm just in 
random towns where I'm at hospitals all day long, and that's not exactly a fun place to go. Yeah, but dude, that last one, me and you went to Indiana, it was just me and you. And well, we drove yeah. up there. Sadie would have hated that trip, though. She would have, but me and you love a road trip. We do. Like, we sit and talk, and then we had satellite radio. And oh my gosh, we put it on the 90s station. And, and our one takeaway from that trip is that the music we listened to in high school was well, so filthy. It was filthy. It and was, I had, I mean, yeah. so there were obviously some songs that I knew were bad, but there were a lot of songs like, I don't guess I ever paid attention to the lyrics or never understood the lyrics. Right. Holy Lots of innuendo moly. in there. In fact, I think there may, yeah, have, there think, may have been a band called Innuendo. I think that was, was more about what it was, is... Yeah. All the innuendo that I truly did not know at, you know, 14, 15. Right. And then now you listen to it and you're like, holy oh, man. man, that was yeah. bad. I would just sing along, you know, and not necessarily know. I mean, you knew something. Well, you sing along and then you're like, oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, oh, man. But, you know, here's the sad part. We still listen to the entire trip. Well, we did, yeah. I mean, that just that just lets you know that we're still sinners yeah. in need of a Savior. I mean, it was an adult trip. You know what I'm saying? We're grown-ups now. So we it was fine. We had yeah. to pay for it. I mean, I don't, I don't, like, you know, feel any worse for the wear or anything. No, no, it was fine. It was fine. But I do wonder if people would be shocked to know we didn't just listen to worship music the whole way. Oh, yeah. So, well, you know, we are extremely pious. Well, you know, yeah. We'll do a few things. So, by the way, there's maybe some background noise, which is sort of our motif here, what we do. Background noise. A little bit of background noise uh, in Bantertown uh, because there is uh, Dane's band is practicing, which I didn't know was happening, of course. So we're in a nice, quiet room. But it's a big shout out to Loyal's, Dane's band, and uh, they've got a show coming up. So I believe it's the last show for Evan, who's uh, been playing bass with them for a long time. So... Anywho, uh, if you do hear something in the background, that's what that is, which is fine. Most people tell us they can't hear it. Yeah, and I, you know, and I love hearing them. I mean, we've known these guys since they were little tykes. Just little, just and little. Now people. they're not, and they're all grown and married and doing their thing. And you yeah. know, it's just, um, it's really cool to to be around to see people um, in that progression. There's lots of serious things i could talk about around that but yeah. uh we won't hard hard ride into <laughs> into serious time. no 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 <laughs> no sometimes we do hard right but that's no, okay sometimes so. you hard right uh well someone's got to keep this thing on uh on track so on a pivot yeah someone's got to you know someone's got to get it going where it's supposed to be so well you know johnny is out of town today and uh is inaccessible even via Skype. He had really fancy sound checks and stuff he said he had to do. He's so very important. He's a big deal. Johnny's a pretty big deal. I hope when he listens to this that he feels lots of shame because that's what we're all about here. They talk about that. So there have been some things that uh, that we do need to correct. We already mentioned the one. <laughs> this episode's going to be titled <sighs> The Correction Episode. There's a lot of things. As we go, but I'm always curious because you listen and sometimes you'll tell me, I mean, are there other, other things in the process besides obviously that I make hard turns and we've already addressed that. 
I don't, it's always stories or something that you'll tell that I think, well, no, that detail wasn't quite right. Or no, you've got the date wrong on that. Or I I don't know. But again, I'm the detail person. I'm like the color commentary. But don't you think I'm a fairly detailed person as well? Yeah, you are. But when you're storytelling, sometimes either details from multiple events will kind of get rolled into one or so anyway it's all right we had that argument the other night with uh what we don't have arguments no in life group on wednesday night i think we talked about the fact that men and women you know the recanting of stories is uh is often funny between what the man will share and then what the woman will share. And the other women in the group wanted the details that the woman yeah. was providing. And they, so, yeah, I think that's kind of, I don't you, know, maybe that's universal. Is there something stereotypical, though, to saying that all women are sharing a different level of details? Uh, no, I, that's what I'm saying. It may be universal or it may just be a stereotype. But it just happened to be that every woman in the group the other night felt that way. It did, but I mean, it's, our groups are not. You know, you're, so super you're saying large. all women are that way. No, that's not what I'm saying. I think that's exactly what you said. No. And I will not allow these gross stereotypes okay. here on Talk About That. All right. You know, I do think that people, you know, something you and I love to talk about is marriage. And, and whether you're married or not, here's the deal. You're, most people are either married or moving towards marriage or moving away from marriage yeah. behind them. And so it's still like this this big kind of equalizing contextual feature of life. And I mean, I always tell people like, you may not be married yet, but you're already working on it. You're already working on your marriage and what it's going to be, whether you realize it or not. And if you're not working on it, guess what? You're not, not working, working on, on your it. marriage. That's you exactly know? right. And so I think it's so funny uh, that people will tell us sometimes that there, there's almost like this assumption that we're, we're not having, uh, maybe because I'm a pastor or because you're perfect, one or the other, oh, you know, yeah. that we don't have these arguments. And I think people... I often find that a really, really good argument has been some of the best things in our marriage throughout the history that there have been times because we can get with it. Like we could both we're both fairly strong and uh, stubborn and and both like I always tell people with us if we argue that uh, if if it ends, one of us decided on purpose that it was going to end like, OK, I concede, but I could keep going like I have, right. a, I have a it's unstoppable force meets immovable object. Right. Usually. I am obviously the unstoppable force. So, <laughs> right. That's this, what I was yeah. going for. And, and yeah. Anyway, so, but I just I think I incur- I think it's so good in life that you come to a place where you can have honest. Con- now, we do have rules or I have to use the word rules. Um boundaries or agreements even of, okay, we're not going to cross. I don't think rules is bad. We've kind of created rules of engagement, um, not rules of engagement. Come on now, everybody. It's a play on the words. (laughs) In the ring sense. But rules of engagement for how we will handle discussions and um, arguments and a lot of things. And I don't think that's bad. No, like we are not, we don't say something if we can help it that we can't take back. Yeah. You know, like there's all kinds of things you could say in that moment to hurt that person. You know, I just think a good marriage can be a lot of fun and still have conflict. And I think that that's just okay. It's okay that conflict has a place. I think that conflict's just a natural um, occurrence when you've got any people in a relationship, any people living in a house together, any people in close proximity are going to have conflict. Yeah, they absolutely are. It should be expected, uh, and it should be just a part of, of everyday life. So we certainly, man, yeah, we can get with it. So 
Um, which one of you? Which one of us do you think is more stubborn? That's the real question. Mm. More stubborn? Mm. Yeah. I um, mm. plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to incriminate myself. So you're stubbornly saying you won't say who That's it is. That's right. Right, I got you. Because I could say it. I have no problem. I'm humble enough to say that it's definitely you. So. Ah, ah, ah. Woo, is this thing on? So we are, like you said, you're buying school supplies because you're a good mom. Right. And I'm, well, uh, no, it's not because I'm a good mom. It's because, I, like, I don't know what the deal is. And people who don't have to buy school supplies yet, you will find this out. And... It's not that I mind it. It's just that some of these items become elusive. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that is always on the school supply list, and it's always name brand. A lot of things are not name brand. Just, you know, a 10-pack of washable markers. You can get a snapper keeper. Well, or just... 24-pack of crayons. It doesn't have to be Crayola crayons or anything like that. Or scissors that change colors with heat. Or scissors that change colors with heat. Um, You know, and they'll just say, like, college-ruled notepaper, 100-pack, or, you know, and it doesn't have to be a specific brand. But the one thing that is always brand name are Expo markers for dry erase, because I guess those last longer, so no getting away with generics there. And the other is the number two pencils must be Ticonderoga pencils. Isn't it Ticonderoga? I don't know. Isn't that a city? I don't know. You don't know what? Oh, goodness. I, I don't know. Where is Matt when you Where need him? Fact checker. Matt. Um, but so these pencils, and I think... And Sadie goes to a small private school, but I think that those are the pencils that are specified on all of the public school list, et cetera. They're super expensive, number one. And number two, because everybody has to have them, you cannot find them. It's like going on the hunt for what's the what's the snow mountain the other name for the Yeti. What are they called? Not because the Yeti's the cooler now. Well, there's still a Yeti. The Cubs? No, the 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 thing from Walmart. No, the the snow creature. Words, darling. I know the snow creature looks like a person, but he's big, Bigfoot. What's the other name for big Sasquatch? Fo- yes, that. <laughs> I was like, they call him a Yeti in the snow, and yeah. So finding these pencils is like going on a Sasquatch hunt, right? And so you can only go to so many stores in 112 degree heat before you just lose your mind over school supplies. So I'm in a Facebook group with some of the other moms from Sadie's school, and we were having this whole conversation. And one of the moms in the group was like, I found a hundred of those pencils on Amazon for ten ninety nine. It did not it's take like me found gold. Exactly. It took me about a half of a second to have those bad boys in my cart and delivered to the house. And now we don't have to buy pencils for like three years. See, <laughs> conspiracy theory in me makes me think that the school in Ticonderoga, which by the way is Fort Ticonderoga is a city in New York, uh, makes me think that there's a kickback going on somewhere. I don't because know. Because how, how could the lead be that? So, and I asked that question, some of the people who were teachers and stuff say that 
those pencils, and I, I guess. I were a teacher, too. Let's not forget that. Well, I know, baby, but you were also a dude teacher. What? Yeah. Um, There's so many stereotypes today. The lead is stronger in those pencils. Therefore, mm. it breaks less often. Therefore, the kids need to get up and sharpen their pencils less. So really what I'm paying for is less classroom interruption see, and I want my kid to get up more. Like, it's a whole theory of standing desks. Like, she needs to not oh, just be sitting there. start with the standing saw desk. saw the coolest standing desk at Costco the other day. It was, like, all glass white top with the you buttons You would literally in. get one of those things with the treadmill underneath it so you could walk and type at the Ooh, same time. that'd be great if I could do it. Yeah, no, that's terrible. I never found a way to really – I know friends – I know my friend John reads while he's on the treadmill. I just – I can't – or on the elliptical, I have trouble with that. I, I, can, I have to mm-hmm. listen, you know. I want to be able to write, though. That would be even more amazing to capture. I do with my headphones now when I'm out for a run, but even then, if you're out of breath, I can tell how out of shape I am by whether or not it picks up uh, the dictation from my phone because obviously I'm breathing heavy or whatever. But um, no, I would. I would. I want. I want. I think it's important for Sadie to be able to get up and go to the. That was the. That was a mainstay of childhood for us. That was. The, I didn't get up in the classroom. We were never allowed to. You didn't get to sharpen your pencil? What were you? We bro- used mechanical Were you going pencils. to elementary school in Germany or something? Well, no, the- I mean, I don't really remember little elementary years, but I don't remember getting out of my seat a whole but lot. Getting to go, getting to get out of your seat, there's only, what, two reasons you have to get out of your seat. One is to go to the bathroom, one is to sharpen your pencil. And now Ticonderoga is taking away a whole one of those things. It's the Yeah, conspiracy. no, I was a little brown noser, though, so I got up to, like, go right on the board or volunteer to read aloud, you know, so what? I was a model pupil. Right. I I was a teacher's pet kind of kid, too, I suppose. I mean, I made good grades and everything. Do you want to go toe-to-toe on this? No, I'm not saying you are. Are you saying you were a better teacher's pet than I was? I have no idea. I didn't know you back then. Well, if we were teacher's pets, I'd be like a dog and you're like a cat. I like, do you might just snap at any time. <laughs> I do know that my third grade teacher did have to have a conference with my parents and ask them to please impart the need for me to not correct her during class. Wow. wow. Again. Over what? I really don't yeah, what know. I can't imagine. have been correcting the teacher about? I, I don't Didn't know. you have a teacher that couldn't say the word nuclear? Um, yeah. I, I think that's Greg, actually, that had that. That wasn't you? I don't think so. Yeah, I thought so. you had the same teacher. Well, maybe. We won't say what city. No, I don't. No, well, yeah, I had that. I also had a... Well, what, what does she call it, though? She called it neutrical. Yeah, neutrical. Like, well, not even close to no. nuclear. And sometimes you hear nuclear, nuclear. You hear that yeah. a little bit, you know? Yeah, you're right. No, we did. But and anybody who knows me from childhood will know exactly who that teacher was. Sorry, everybody. Um, no, it's okay. I think she's retired now. Okay. Um, Retired people don't listen so, to our podcast. Yeah, no. Well, except for my dad. Hi, dad. <laughs> Shout out. Um, and my mom. <laughs> yeah. Um but we did have that one. I did have a nursing professor who, and this is partially her deal and partially just my own stupidity, honestly, that for the first like six weeks of nursing school, and of course we were taking notes feverishly, she kept saying, sonometers, sonometers this and sonometers that. And I literally was writing in my notes like S-O-N-A meters question mark. Because I'm like, what the heck is a sonometer? And so you're in, in context, 
You think it, it's like the measurement of sound? It, or it wasn't making any sense. Like even in, and I kept thinking, what am I missing here? Because yeah, you think sonogram, like different things. Then I realized about second semester, she was saying centimeters. Oh dear. And but she says Santa. Is she from another? No. Where like did it come from Nashville. From? Oh, wow. I don't know. Um, but she also did anything that ended with an H E A, she added an R to it. So you didn't have diarrhea, you had <laughs> diarrhea, which is, you know, well, which works in that case. <laughs> and, but you also had gonorrhea and just gonorrhea, just weird. So, yeah, anything. And there's a lot of H E A kind of words in medicine. And right. so, Everything was rear instead of so. Anyway, wow. yeah. Wow. It's you, kind of like funny lyrics that you hear wrong or whatever. I just heard measurements wrong, apparently. Well, I think sonometer. That's fair. That's I'm going to put that squarely on the professor, not on you. Did I, anybody else get confused? That's the question. You know, probably not. And I think, and it's one of those things too. Like, and this is so stupid, and just shows like how probably at the very root of things, I'm insecure, but. You didn't want to ask, and I didn't want to ask anybody else mm. next to me because you don't want to be the girl who mm. doesn't know anything. Mm. Isn't it just like us, though? People who don't want to ask when they need help. Well, you... yeah, obviously that's what I'm saying. It showed my insecurities. Yeah, um, yeah but big. you probably would have got called down by the teacher for correcting her. Like we've already seen a pattern of that. Now. Oh, you mean like if I'd said, oh, no, that's pronounced that's centimeters. centimeters yeah. uh, well, I, I wouldn't have corrected her, I don't think. I think I would just would have went, oh, Centimeters. Okay. So by nursing school, though, you had learned not to speak up like that. Yeah. All goes back to third grade with that parent-teacher conference. Wow. It really affected you deeply. Yeah. Apparently. Let's talk about that. And I'll probably get fact-checked by my parents, and they'll be like, no, that was seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I used to correct a Sunday school teacher a little bit. Well, he, that doesn't surprise I know. me. Well, he, you know, and he was such a great guy. I think I apologized to him later in life, but he was, you know, a fairly new believer, <laughs> but I was like, you know. I don't know. I was learning all this scripture and stuff, and so I thought I knew a lot of things. But preachers' glad, kid problems. Glad that passed. So, well, we've uh, you read me a really interesting uh, quote from your devotion this morning that I kind of thought would be cool for you to share okay. in light of all the stuff that that uh, we've been kind of going through lately, and and maybe lots of our listeners are going through out there. Sure. So I am doing the. Um, I, I like She Reads Truth. I use that app a lot. Um, shout out to She Reads Truth. They're located here in Nashville, aren't they? They are. Franklin. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Um, so anyway, they have a series going right now called Hymns of Hope. And so each of the days is based on a hymn. So there's scripture readings that go along with it and then a devotion. And in the devotion today, um, the person quoted from Megan Devine's book called It's Okay That You're Not Okay. And I have not read the book, but it looks interesting and I may pick it up. Um, but the quote says, Grief is simply love in its most wild and painful form. It is a natural, insane response to loss. Hmm. And I just loved that. I mean, because, uh, you know, it's like Brene Brown talks about um, hope being the like the most painful of emotions and things. And just to think um about grief as as kind of the the flip side or the underside of love in its just rawest form because that's what 
you know, that feeling of loss. Yeah. Um, the reason you feel that loss is because the love is so, so deep. There's a very similar comment in the Keller book we, we talked about in another podcast, but how he also says anger is also a reflection of something that you love. Um, if you become angry, then obviously there's something, you know, we, we try to tell Sadie all the time right now that often the, the right reaction would to understand that if someone's trying to make you react a certain way, it's just demonstrating that you care, right? You care too much about what they're saying, which is an, again, akin to this idea. But yeah, the idea of grief being still an expression of love as opposed to just something, because in American society, we try to get away from grief. We try we, to run from it. We do. Um, and I've had this conversation um, with several people um, along the way and a, a person that I really admire and, and do talk to about deep, you know, spiritual things and is kind of a, a spiritual mentor in that sense. Um, we've kind of really, and I know there's been a lot of devotions and thought kind of run around the idea um, about how we've lost our ability to lament. Um, and, you know, Lamentations is an entire book of lament, but our sort of expectations around grief um, are generally for like, okay, we'll allow you this season to be sad and to feel bad, but eventually we need you to get over it because right. we need you to feel better Almost so that we can feel better, so yeah. that it's not a reminder. And historically and culturally, that's not been the case. I mean, there are still plenty of societies that have their you know roots in ancient society that have professional mourners, people who are going to come and who are going to sit with you in grief for as long as... As it is needed. And I think that um, losing our ability not just to grieve, but losing our ability to lament and not just do it as individuals, but to do it collectively, um, it's it's a thing that's needed that we need to um, get back to. But, you know, I struggle with it in the sense that I don't like stillness. I don't like quiet. I I rail against that um, stillness and quiet are uncomfortable for me. Number one, because I'm very, very extroverted. Um, number two, I think because that's um, a path of growth that I need in my life. But paths to growth often are, are uh, not the paths of least resistance. They're the path of most resistance. Yeah. And um, so that's one that that I don't like. And obviously Grieving and lament sometimes have a, a component of stillness and introspection and reflection to them that I think make it uncomfortable for a lot of people. And, you know, a lot of people just don't like it um, because it's difficult and you're uncomfortable and you don't know what to say and things can be awkward. Um, but you were talking about like even our anger meaning something I love. And Shauna Nequest talks a lot about listening to your tears you know, your tears mean something. Um, if you cry over something, whether you're crying out of anger or out of sadness or out of frustration, there's generally, that's a response there that you need to pay attention to. And I shared that with somebody who was upset with herself for crying. And I'm like, cry, cry all you want. Like we're, that's what we're here for. Not just for the good stuff. 
it's so funny that you'd say that because I think about with with our daughter and I think about kids over the years, it almost seems sometimes as if the goal of what what we're treating people like is, look, how you will know that you have crossed from adolescence into an adulthood is when you – we somehow now make it feel – is when you no longer are subject to your emotions. Like you have them under control and somehow in there there's that veiled I, – I think we, we, we cross over into the areas of almost as if so suck it up. You don't get to feel that anymore. You're an adult. And it all comes out. It comes out, like you're saying, in anger. It comes out in grief. It comes out in in crying. It comes out in outbursts. I mean, for dudes especially, it comes out in all these different ways because there was never supposed to be a moment in your life where you stopped dealing or feeling or acknowledging the presence that God has placed within you of emotions, like emotions are God-created things. We just don't know what to do with them. So we... There's There's something to be said, obviously, for learning to control your emotions or controlling your responses to an appropriate level for the situation and all of those things. So, yes, I think there's some wisdom and some growth there that does happen yeah, but if from you don't childhood. heed their existence then they end up controlling you yes in and ways that's, you don't that's know, the yeah. flip side and that's what's always the delicate dance in parenting i think in general is and in growth as humans overall is just that idea of all of these things have nuance to them right. and it's how do you keep it nuanced enough without the pendulum swinging the other way so that we've then taught to suppress emotion, to suppress vulnerability, to do all of those things so that now emotions are bad or certain emotions are bad or don't let anybody in, keep it all inside. And then we end up with a whole other series of problems in uh, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. She talks about um, a lot about post-traumatic stress and especially in our military and how they've literally been trained to be one way because on the battlefield, you don't want them being ruled by their emotions. Those things have got to stay tamped down until the moment of intensity is passed. But then the issue becomes when they're no longer on the battlefield, the, just like I talked about before the path to Growth in the path to healing is a path of huge resistance because they've then been taught that emotions are bad, don't feel those things, don't go there, and that's actually the one thing they need to do right. to get healing. Well, I mean, the scriptures are so clear about one. You know, Proverbs talks a lot about the, the man who can control his tongue is mightier than the warrior, and if he can control his words or he can control his anger, right. that that's a constant theme throughout Scripture, New Testament as well. But I think that what we what we almost take that is is that's all discipline, and that's not what all the scripture is saying. It's not just a matter of discipline, though. There's certainly discipline related to it. I think what scripture is calling you to in the gospel is it's it's calling you to deal with it between you and God. It's calling you to a place where it's not it's not just a matter of hey, don't feel this. It's now that you feel this, take it here and let this become a place where. You are not controlled by the outbursts or by the emotion, but the emotions are being processed and being felt in the right place. Because truthfully, when I get really, really angry, I'm, I'm not in control. Sure. It's not who I want to be. Yo, that, even though that emotion or whatever caused that 
to happen needs to be felt. There is a reason, and it is in my you know you, you and I laugh all the time. You know, I told you this morning I need to go to the out to the road. I, I need to go run and have some Jesus time, and I need that every day, even if it's not always running. I and I got a donut instead, you just <laughs> just for everybody. <laughs> I had devotion and donut, so. <laughs> He got a run. I got a donut. Well, I did. And then we went to lunch and we both had buffalo chicken wrappers. So it's not like I'm eating right. It's made me feel icky, too. No buffalo for no, you? No. Right. I'm fine. It was not a good day at Cheddar's. Yeah. Sorry, Cheddar's. Sorry. Cheddar's is normally amazing. They are, but something was off with that thing today. Very saucy with some sort of white sauce. Yeah. Why? I didn't ask them to put that on there. I don't know. Not used to that. It Um, it normally has like the slob stuff in it. It had some slob, but it was... But it was like doused in... I don't know. Uh, Not a fan. Not a fan at all. My point was, is the run today was less about health and and obviously... Most about Jesus. Right. It was more about... I I need... I I need that moment to acknowledge... It's so funny. I, I used to always... And I used to think about these times with God as about this is the moment when God just corrects, corrects, corrects. And if I don't go do this and get myself – and this sounds really spiritual. Get myself aligned with God and what he wants to do. And I think what we don't realize is – and it goes back to that John Calvin quote. You know, John Calvin says, without knowledge of self, self. there is no knowledge of God. And without knowledge of God, there is no knowledge of self. There is this cyclical mystery to the way that God deals with us, that he does not... In fact, you start thinking about Jesus' New Testament encounters with people. He, he never led with the truth of their situation. Never the woman at the well is the most amazing one. Like, it would be so obvious what she needs. And instead, he addresses her in a way that's so different that they begin talking about what she's feeling. Hey, what is it... You know, could you get me some water? And she's like, well, you know, uh, I'm surprised you're even talking to me. And they go through this whole process. In the end, he's addressing what she's feeling, even though he already knows it. Right. And so we assume that the pathway to growth is to suppress and to, to put all the emotions down and to discipline those things away while certainly disciplining ourselves outside of anger or to the, the anger doesn't control or to have control of our words is so important. But the true, I believe, place that I become in control of my words and my anger, my emotions is the place that those emotions are finding their proper and healthy expression elsewhere in godly community and in my relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. I mean, you can only discipline emotion and things away so much um, before there becomes a time of intense grief or before there comes a time of intense loss or intense love or something that those disciplines no longer work and if you've never learned to actually just address your emotions and feel them and deal with them then you have a whole other set of issues it was so funny we were talking with friends at lunch today after you left we hung out for a while longer and sadie and i when we snuggle at night right now there's a lot of like you always laugh because you're you know listening to it from another room and I'm a, I'm a little frustrated to be honest with you. So I'm this guy who, who helps people and leads people and all that. And my daughter seems like, like she's, she's really searching and wondering. She'll, you know, I don't know what it, I don't know if I'm a good Christian. I don't know if I do enough of this and and we're not telling her that. So we, you know, we're trying to, to, to suppress that. Well, I don't, I don't feel like a Christian. I'll go, what does it feel like to be a Christian? 
And she's like, well, I don't know. I was like, well, then how do you know you don't feel that way? I was like, so here's the deal. You know what you feel like right now? That's what it feels like to be a Christian. And I'm talking through all this, and, and our friends today said, one of them said, it's really great that she is able to have that conversation now. And it kind of got me thinking, like, there's never been a person in my life, whether they were 16 or 26 or 36 or 46, that if I've walked with them in any amount of time, myself included, that eventually those conversations about God and about their doubts and about the, – they don't come out. Sure. And I often wonder if we're not training children, again, to suppress, 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 especially in, in Christendom. We're saying, hey, you know, just – Because <clears throat> works are a whole lot easier to do. Read your Bible, pray. Yep. The disciplines are easier to hammer into somebody yep. than to, you know, wrestle with questions and to explore their faith, especially at a really young age. I think there are um, – historical places and faiths where that's been a part of the journey. The idea was to wrestle with, um, but I think we've gotten really far away from it. I think probably out of probably fear was probably the base for a lot of that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, contemplation was a thing. It was a discipline. Yeah. All of our disciplines are so you go do this. And like you said, we run from quiet we run from a moment because to be left alone with it, we have to deal with it. And I'm, I'm finding so much like now I just – I kind of I kind of just want to get away to do to God what Sadie is doing to me. You know, <laughs> I just want to I just want to stand by him and go, oh, OK, this is what I'm feeling. And, and it's so much more freeing because I no longer feel that the father is disappointed in that. And I'm trying to be a father who's not disappointed. But my disappointment isn't that I'm inadequate. My disappointment well, is, is that I'm not helping her get where she needs to be, and surely after having led everybody and all these things, and which is all a farce, because you know. But maybe, and I, I think I'm hearing that whisper. Maybe being willing to sit and listen and be patient, and 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 I, I don't want us to have a pattern where all we do is talk about those things. Sometimes I just I'm pushing her. Hey, this is what it feels like, and this is okay. And you know, I'll tell her things like. Um, we just went to that water park. I like, ask you like a question. why angels aren't females at I haven't done two. that in years. You're acting like I do it all the time. <laughs> so we do have theological talks. But And so I'll, I'll, I said, hey, we went to that water park and somebody else paid for your ticket. And we got on the bus and we walked in and went through security and all those things. We got inside. Did you walk in and go, well, I need to go start building my own slide so I can have some fun? And she was like, well, no, daddy. I was like, but that's what when you're saying you don't feel a certain way, you don't feel worthy. That's what we're saying is that someone else has paid for us to have this incredible thing, and it is fun. I mean, grace is unfair. It's a huge water park for your soul. It's like everything that you've ever desired, and it's and it's going to make your life fulfilled and all those things. Yes, it's that good. I'm not being cheesy. It's absolutely that good and better for everything you need in life. But we walk in and go, well, but I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this, and I, I need to – I need to – I need to build something of my own. So for those of you who can't see right now, my wife is yawning profusely. Like she's, she literally, as I said it, she yawning. What just happened? Did you just have a a crash? Yes. I'm very, (laughs) very sleepy. I didn't sleep good last night. Do we want to talk about the fact that you have a sleeping disorder? I'm sure that I do. Or at least one. I'm I'm not sure sure how many others. I'm sure that I do. (laughs) 
Not sure about it at all. I, I'm not yawning at you. I'm yawning with no, you. No, no. Wait, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if that works. Yeah, I don't feel it doesn't. You know how hard it is to stay on point when someone's just yawning right in your I'm face. I'm very. This is how sorry. it feels on Sunday mornings. <laughs> no, I try really hard not to yawn at you on Sunday mornings. You ever? I can tell when someone's suppressing a yawn. I've gotten pretty good at it, but it it kind of looks like they're having a seizure a little bit, you know, because their <laughs> their face is it's like just yawn. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm. I'm and that was maybe tired. the most important thing I've ever said. But it was great, and I heard every oh, word. No. I See, did. this reminds me of what happens with television with us. <laughs> like, and Sadie, by the way, last night. So Sadie, I guess, is built like me in a lot of ways. We're discovering. Oh, so help me, Jesus. Yeah, I know. Fix it. I know. And 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 I'm not happy about it either. I'm like, oh man, it would have been better if it wasn't this way. But she wanted to have movie night, and I'm making air quotes now, movie night. And so we're sitting watching the movie that we've already all seen a bunch of times. And Laura does not do movies twice. Why? Why do you want to do them more than Unless once? it is uh, Sweet Gone. Home, Sweet Man, Alabama. Gone with the Wind. Reese Witherspoon movies you'll do twice. Gone with the Wind. And you'll do uh, that stupid cheerleading, Bring It On. You'll watch those. <laughs> I don't even know why. I don't really watch, though. They're just They're the on worst in the background. And maybe uh, Pitch Perfect, you'll watch. Pitch Perfect. And um, we really want to go there. Let's say what all the movies are you'll watch twice. You want to say it? Dirty Dancing? Fast and the Furious. Oh, uh, no. I I think I've only seen those once. I mean, unless they were on, on TV, TV and nothing else time, was on. There watch but it. I mean, like, we only watched them once. Right. You're only watching one guy on there, but it's No, okay. we only intentionally watched them mm. one time. Mm-hmm. Whatever. See, this is when you act like your memory is all perfect. <laughs> My memory is perfect. <laughs> your memory is so flawed. That's not at all what happened. It doesn't matter. We're in bed last night, and Sadie is and Laura's got her phone out, and it, because I'm ordering her stuff for her church camp. But next she week. doesn't know that. It, and it she doesn't matter. Is infuriated, like she will not rest. She's like, I Mom, wanted are you, to have movie night. Mom, are you going to put your phone down? You know, and I'm kind of the same way though. If we're watching Madam Secretary, and that is our show right now, Madam Secretary is an unbelievable. Oh, I just show. remembered that we finished it though. Oh, dang it! So we have we nothing. Have. We didn't know we finished it. We was like this no. major episode with all these like nuclear implications and all of these things. Spoiler sorry, alert last ne- season. Sorry, <laughs> neutral. All of these things are happening and we're like, oh my gosh, this is a big episode. And then Netflix just goes to a new show afterwards. And it was like this this cloud of death settled in over the room like, oh my gosh, it's over. Because we have been watching it every night it, since the before well, school. So we up. just finished season four. Last night, so we started with season one because we hadn't seen it. That's so, yeah, eighty-four episodes. If there's twenty-one, by the way, yeah, wow, that no. we'll never get that time back. Yeah, how much better stewards of our time we could have been. I really like the show, though. It's it is good. very interesting. I like their marriage on the show. I like their marriage. Um, I like their banter. That's fun. Yeah, uh, they're way smarter on the show than we are. But I do think well, hello, we have they fun have writers. Give me a writer, and I'll sound spider. Okay, Wait, spider. I'll sound spider. smarter. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll learn how to say smarter, smarter. as well. Um, uh, the thing that fascinates me the most right now about that show, and we've talked about it, is how much power the chief of staff has. Yeah. And they're not elected. 
by anyone. Yeah. Like, I mean, and I haven't done any research and it shows probably that I need a major civics lesson um, or government lesson. You could find research that would tell you that you need a civics well, lesson? Well, I'm saying I haven't done any research, which also shows that this I probably need one. Laura Driver needs a civic lesson and uh, rap. But, I mean, does anybody have to even like ratify the nominee or is it a just an appointment? He can pick whoever he wants it and that's a cab- it. It is a cabinet position, I believe, is it not? Uh, and I believe yes. the cabinet is ratified by the Senate. Okay. I think. So, so maybe they can't just pick anybody, but still, that person literally is the gatekeeper for policy for the president. I mean, in my opinion, way more power than the vice president. Well, I mean, other than that they're not like in line, they're not in the order of succession. succession right. But they're just ruling now. I, I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> right. crazy. It's like you elect this person, but really this other person is like the puppet master. Yeah. It, and maybe that, I mean, maybe that's not the way it is. In real life, I have obviously never been president. Well, Newsflash, CNN Newsbreak, <laughs> there, never been president. Um, but, you know, in all the shows that we've watched that kind of stem around the presidency or government, whether it's um, Designated Survivor or The West, West Wing, Wing. Oh. Oh, and, and now we lament the loss of oh, The West the Wing. West Wing. Um, but, you know, that chief of staff position is critical to every show and they really do they they pull all the strings yeah yeah in in both shows which means if television told us two or three times then it must be must be true it must be true that this guy's a lot of power so i i thought i think they're always fun characters i mean they're always really overstressed (laughs) you know yeah but that makes it like i don't know it's 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 uh the gravity of the job of being a part of it so but you need to go watch if you're out there listening and you haven't watched Madam Secretary. It's a very fascinating show. Good show. Do you and think there's gonna be it's a Madam Netflix? Do you think there's gonna be a Madam President next? I don't don't spoil alert. Well, she's not become president of the well, show or anything. I know, but now you've literally given away the lead up to the first Did you say spoil alert? Spoiler oh, alert. Spoiler alert. Okay. Spoil alert. Spoil alert. The milk has gone bad. <laughs> Run. To the kitchen. Uh, Sadie Elizabeth. yesterday, by the way, put some milk on the counter in the, the jug. And I said, are you going to drink that? And she said, no, I feel like it's expired. And it's I Expiration is not a feeling. Did you look at the date on it? And she said, yeah, it says whatever the date was. And I said, Sadie, that's like six days from now. It's not even close to the date of expiration. Well... I just I feel like it's well, let's expired. call her in here and tell her she's not allowed to feel that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's been the conclusion of today's so, show. Yeah, you're not allowed to feel the expiration date. Oh my date. goodness. For all of you out there that feel something <laughs> I don't know. Expired. I feel like I feel like my expiration date. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to get you sleeping, babe, through better pharmaceuticals. Something. Going to do something. So, we're going to just diet and an exercise. No, thing. it'll never <laughs> work. It'll never work. It'll never work. Listen, you're working a, like a 60 hour a week job and doing this podcast. I'm kind of a big deal, y'all. We're doing a lot of different things right now. <laughs> we're taking trips. We got all kinds of stuff. Right now, do. the only thing I am getting done is school supplies and, uh, spoiler alert, our daughter has discovered beach volleyball. And so mm. now we're going to play volleyball 
three seasons instead of just two. Yeah, we're going to a clinic here directly after the ending of this recording. And I've not actually seen her in person. I've seen the videos. But we thought that she'd be like, ew, sand, you know. But Instead, she's like diving face first for balls. It's crazy. She's hustling and and actually running. Sadie looks like she mall walks, you know. She's Mall walker. She's just kind of, I don't know, scooting along with her hands. Like she looks like she needs original white Reeboks or better yet, the I kind of think the quintessential grandma, grandpa shoe now is the white New Balance. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, she right, looks like she needs those, white New Balances and like some hand weights. One of those really <laughs> brightly colored neon uh, nylon suits and all those things, the... I don't know what you call those. Windsuits? Tracksuits? <laughs> There's so many names. I didn't, I didn't know one, and you just rattled off two like it was nothing. <laughs> Windsuits, tracksuits. And you got a third? Um, no. Yeah, that's it. No. There no. you go. This well, is like the whole romper jumper discussion. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I will never wear an article of clothing that is called a romper or a jumper. I don't I just uh, all, all around. This would be a good place for us to bring this to a close. So, hey, thank you guys for listening this week. Thank you, Laura, for uh, hosting with us. It's always a pleasure to have you. You're, you're brilliant. I don't think you have a choice but to say that. That's not true. And it's not true. This is not because you're my wife because I truly think you're brilliant. So. And uh, we everybody give Johnny a hard time that he wasn't he, he didn't have time to let us call in. But we'll, Johnny, the big deal with he's a big deal. So now we're actually really proud of Johnny, and uh, he's out doing amazing things. And so I, I, I wish you guys. I totally like name drop him all the time. Oh yeah. So yeah, I get to go on road trips deal. sometimes with him, you know, and hang out, and it really is just fascinating. He he, he doesn't talk about it a lot, but Johnny's doing some really awesome things and. And uh, really proud of you, bro. So, hey, listen and share. And if you if you've something helped you today, we talked about some topics that hopefully helped you out today. We just ask we got one favor that you get one friend to listen to, and hopefully they'll subscribe and share with someone else. Uh, and, and, and we're gonna continue to talk about things that matter in the future. Johnny will be back with us with, along with other guests. But thanks for being here. Episode thirty one, by the way. Of, uh, talk about that. So I won't say growing. how many episodes younger that is than I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's one episode you know, That's so, right. We're going to head off to sand volleyball, and uh, you guys have a great uh, rest of your day. We'll see you next time on Talk About That. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.